more than a string. Okay, so this be kind of just like informal. Um, really, the reason I want to interview you specifically um, along with Jay is because uh, there's a lot of kids in the town that my gym's in who play sports. And I think it'd be really cool to reverse engineer, kind of the, to reverse engineer the process that took you to the point where you became a two-time national champ and one of the, the, you know, the best college wrestlers in the entire country. And so, uh, before we get going, I'm here with Gabe Dean and then Jay Andrus, his strength coach. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I just said a little bit uh, that you can tell your, tell about your story as we get there. But two-time national champion, four-year wrestler, right at uh, at Cornell. Um, and then let's let's get into it. So first, like, tell me about you know, your life as a kid, like, uh, what was your, what was your upbringing like? Um, I was, I'm from like a small town in uh, West Michigan. Uh, my parents were, uh, you know, just very down to earth um, family atmosphere where you put your head down, you do what you're supposed to do, um, you do what you're told, and um, you know, you just, uh, you respect others, and uh, you just, you just be humble and gracious through everything, so, um, I, I was raised very well, um, and I have my parents to credit for that, and I was raised um, with a lot of strong family values, um, families at my core, and that's what's been the most important um, thing for me along the way is just um, having them in my corner. So so when did you start When did you start playing sports in general? And, I mean, we'll talk more about how those values, I'm sure, carried you through to the point that you're at now, but tell me about when you started playing sports and what, what kind of things you did. Ever since I can remember, I was doing something. Um, I uh, I wasn't very good at much when I first started when I was a kid. I uh, actually I get made fun of all the time because the first wrestling match I ever wrestled, I got I got headlocked and pinned by a girl, and um, I proceeded to act like I was paralyzed on the mat. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, you know, in sports, it, ever since I was little, it's been kind of an up and down road for me. Uh, I tried to quit many times, especially wrestling, uh, because it's so personal when you're a kid, and. Um, you know, thankfully, I had a lot of uh, you know, I had a lot of support from my mother and my father, and um, you know, my whole family. The, you know, we just we just grew up in sports ever since I can remember. So, um, football, basketball, baseball, track, um, soccer, wrestling. I think I tried all of them at one point when I was a kid. So you, so you don't think? Would you say that you were just naturally talented, or was it? Would you say the work ethic is what really brought you over talent? I think I had. I think I had some good genetics. Um, my, you know, my father was a two-time All-American at Minnesota mm-hmm. and the national finalist, and my mom ran track for Toledo in college. So they were both pretty. They were both pretty good athletes, both Division One athletes. Um, but I think what really pushed me to the next level was definitely just the the work ethic. Um, you know, kind of like the country kid, farm town boy, just like hey, just you know, like what I said earlier, just do as you're kind of told and um, listen to your mentors and. Um, just work as hard as you can. And I think if any, anyone could say that if you work as hard as you can and you fall short of something, you, can, you, you live without regret. And um, the people that I know that regret the things, that, things most in their lives is the things that they could have pushed a little bit more, they could have gone for a little bit more, they could have chased after a little bit more. And uh, so I definitely think my work ethic pushed me to the next level. I don't think I was a naturally freak athlete. So, so when you were go- coming up through the ranks and just as a kid and going through high school and college, uh, you, I'm sure you work with, or you, you were on teams with a bunch of other people. Um, hearing what you're saying now just makes me 
wonder like what like you've seen people fall off and fail and give up and that kind of thing like what do you think what quality do you think um, helped you I mean maybe you just hit on it with the work ethic but what did you see in other people uh, when they fell off why do you think they did that as you're going along I think you know in sports you're gonna fail it doesn't matter how good you are it doesn't matter how successful you are you're gonna fail I think what it comes back down to um, at least in my experience has been perspective um, you know people fail at something once and they give up or they fail at it a couple times and they're like oh I, I toss in a towel in. but if you have the right perspective and you're like hey this adversity that I'm experiencing right now is going to be way more beneficial for me in the long run. It's going to teach me, you know, as I move past sports. What sports, I think, provide for us is not necessarily – I don't think the – I mean, it's awesome winning things. Don't get me wrong and that kind of thing. But the accolades kind of take a back seat, in my opinion, to what it helps provide a foundation of adversity for kids at a young age all the way through when they, they decide to stop playing sports so that they can take on the next chapter in their lives, the big things when they have real responsibilities, like when they're husbands and when they're fathers and you know wives and, and mothers. And that's when you have the real stuff to worry about. And the sports, you draw from a lot of the experiences when you are, you know, you're putting dinner on the table for your family or, you know, you you got to run and do a lot of things that you don't want to do just so that, you know, your, your family can have a great life. And uh, I think that's what the real important thing is with sports. It's not necessarily the accolades and all that kind of thing, but it's what it helps prepare you for the rest of your life and how it makes makes you a better person if you have that right perspective through all your failures during your time. So when you were doing all this stuff and putting your head down and stuff, did you always have did you always have a big goal in mind? Like did you always have that I want to be a national champ or was it you just really fell in love with, with the process of just working hard because that meant more to you than the accolades? Yeah, I think for me it was, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I know that I definitely wanted to live my life not regretting it, how I went about my business. And um, so I just, like I said, I, um, I didn't know if I was going to be any good. I was actually, my first year in college, I really didn't think I was probably going to be very good <laughs> uh, because I didn't do that well. Um, but then again, like, I don't know if you stay humble and you just enjoy the process, like you said, I think you get a lot more out of it than any, even even a guy that wins multiple national titles. Uh, you get a lot more out of the sport. I could talk. I talk to guys on my team that you know they're just here to help support the starters. They're never going to see a you know they're not going never going to see the starting lineup. But there's guys on our team that have such great perspective about it all that they're going to go out and do you know incredible things and you know there's guys on our team there's guys tons of wrestlers that have all the accolades in the world olympic gold medalists world champs national champs that are way more miserable than guys that you wouldn't even know and um it's because perspective is that something jay just kind of bring you in here is that something that you see um like with more successful athletes the, the people who come in and are like kind of like the blue collar guys that come in and girls who work just work hard um you know even if they don't play is that the kind of is that kind of athlete that you like to train or are those, are those the ones that you see the most success out of for the most part yeah i mean there's a broad spectrum um kind of using gabe as an example uh you know looking at him and the success he's had um, he has trusted the process since day one. So, you know, he's an athlete that throughout his entire career, uh, you know, I, I kid around with him, but he's almost helpless, even as a senior coming in the weight room, because he's always asking, how much weight do I use on this set? Okay, next time, how much weight do I use on this set? Okay, because he trusts the process so much and he knows there's a plan there. Uh, he wants to execute it exactly 
how I envision it in my head. Um, so he's completely bought in, uh, and, and it makes my job extremely easy. I mean, of course, I rip on him saying he's almost handicapped. But, uh, you know, he, he, he's an athlete who trusts the process and really does, you know, maximize not only every day, but every set, every rep on, in, in regard to what he's doing. Do you think in, a, in this day and age, it kind of feels like, um, I think it's a lot, maybe due to technology or, or the, the ease of information, that there's a lot of out there like a quick fix mentality or like a, a, you know, as soon as you come in, like you should be starting after the first year. Is that something that you've been seeing a yeah, lot more of? You know, I, I definitely think there's some, uh, the need or want for instant gratification, you know, uh, more so than maybe 10 years ago. Um, so that's definitely the case. Um, so that's why it is, you know, important to really trust the process because it's, when it comes to, you know, causing adaptations to the human body, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. So you have to trust the process. You have to trust the mentors, the coaches in your lives, your parents, your family, um, and, and really buy into doing the right things over time because uh, consistency is a big part of this. You know, when it comes to, you know, strength and conditioning, training for sports, athletics, uh, anything in life, uh, being consistent and doing it over time is what's going to make you better. And, uh, you know, those principles, you know, they'll always apply. Yeah, they're tried and true. I talk about that all the time. Like, it's, it's the accumulated effect of all the work that you put in, not just that one day that you did really well in the weight room. It's the days that you don't want to be going in there and do it like you hit on before. Um, so I think next I'd like to ask you about, you mentioned before that you played uh, multiple sports growing up and you see a lot of people out there specializing their kids early on and that was something like my parents never let me do and um, I'm glad that they didn't because I, I did want to specialize in baseball early I just loved it but I, I'm glad that I stuck with playing multiple sports do you think that's something that helped you or hurt you when you when you moved into the college world it absolutely helped me and I'm a huge advocate for playing multiple sports all the way through high school I think it hurts um, not only you know just using the same muscle groups over and over again but also the mentality, because when you get into college, you specialize, and you have to, I don't care what sport it is in college, you have to be self-motivated to be, to make it to the top of the game. And when you're, you see these kids that are pushed by their parents in one sport, and they're grinded since they were young, they burn out in college, because once they get the freedom and the space away from their parents, they're so dead from all those years of just specialize, 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 push, push, push that they can't do it anymore on their own. And they never were doing it for themselves in the first place because their, their parents were always on, just on them. And um, I know plenty of kids like that, especially back when I'm from Michigan. Um, and then it's, it's actually really sad because some kids are super talented and they get pushed too young too early into one thing and then they don't end up, they, they don't end up enjoying their childhood, which is, which is actually probably the biggest thing. You know, as a parent, you want your kids to make, have the, best childhood that they could possibly have and when you're you're doing it for your own ego and that's where the problem comes in with parents nowadays is it's not about their kids it's for their own ego my kid's got to be an eighth grade eight, seven time national champ be, you know for just because i want to have them around gloating them around and you know and just my kid's got to be better than your kid kind of mentality it's sad because, you know what, I don't think anybody really cares what happens in eighth grade. I don't really think anybody cares even what happens in high school by the time you're a college athlete. And so it's just it's just ego-driven by these some of these parents. Just, I mean, you see it with freaking that those Lonzo Ball guy right now. On the, and his kids are going to be NBA basketball players, but it's just sad because it's not even about his kids. Yeah, It's about him and his brand and how he can market his brand and 
how he can make money. I mean, it's just it's not it's just sad because as a parent, you want it to be just about your kids and their happiness. I feel like that's where the purest form of parenting comes from. And instead, you see these parents doing it for themselves, and they burn their kids out by the time they get to college. Yeah, I think that's good for people to hear from from an athlete of your status. Um, and then kind of piggybacking off of that, Jay, um, just in terms of, I think this might, that applies nicely to the parents, and, and, but what about like the athlete themselves? Like when, when you have someone coming into college, would you rather have somebody who's specialized or would you rather have, because I mean you get to work with all different sports. That's the cool thing about a strength coach is, is you get to work with everybody. So since you have those experiences, and especially here at Cornell, it's not like you guys have a huge staff. You literally, remember you told me when I came here to intern, you were like, you're going to get six years of experience or whatever in a semester because you see so many different athletes. And uh, do you think that the, the, the kids who come in who have played multiple sports, are they um, more easily coached? Do you see them succeeding more often? What, what's your take on that? <clears throat> you know, I mean, you know, it, it's a broad spectrum uh, in terms of the actual sports they played. Um, you know, because clearly you have to be good at your sport to get recruited, you know, into, uh, you know, into our setting. Um, you know, generally I would say yes, if you play more sports, you're going to have a general probably more sense of athleticism. Uh, you know, but in terms of strength and conditioning, if we're talking about weight room aspect, uh, I say to do the basics, do them well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'd hate to generalize on that, but I would say generally the more sports you play, you know, depending on, uh, you know, what those sports are. You know, if you're a track athlete, you're instantly going to be run better than a non-track athlete, okay? It's a very specific type of training you've had uh, for linear speed. Where, again, if you're a track athlete and you go to change direction and you're playing basketball, uh, you know, that's a whole other uh, set of movement skills you're, you're talking about. So definitely the more experience you have playing different sports, acceleration, deceleration, jumping, change of direction, linear speed, uh, there, there's a lot that goes into it. So the broader experiences you have, the more athletic you're, you're going to tend to be, I would say. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple questions. Uh, actually, first, since you hit on that, that's brought something to my mind about um, about training, right? What what were you doing like outside of sports? Like, Were you in the weight room at a young age? Um, what, what kind of things were you doing to prepare yourself for the sports? I think in eighth grade, my dad took me into the weight room. And we were really big on form, so we never moved. We never put weight on the bar or anything. He was just showing me some form things because, um, you know, as a young age, you can you can really hurt yourself if you're not if you're just trying to move a lot of weight. Um, and so I was, you know, when it's off season and you're not comp- competing as much, you know, you, you're you're just trying to you're not doing rigorous training, but you're still lifting, you know, you're still building on that strength. You're still doing some cardio. You're still get, you know working on skills. It's just not the grind that it is in the season. Um, and then, you know, coming to Cornell and, and being here and having, you know, I'm biased, but I think the best strength coach in the country mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, you got to utilize those resources. And he's given me credit for trusting in the process, but it's pretty easy to trust in the process when you have so much faith in these guys. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I was really annoying because I was asking what every single set, hey, how much weight, how much reps, that kind of thing. But it's just because it's really just a compliment to them because they're so, so good at what they do. So I just would just put I just put my fate in their hands because I know they're going to lead me in the right direction. And um, in the off season, it was, you know, it was the same thing. You know, I just, I, if, when I was in town and I wasn't traveling, doing camps and stuff, I'd, I'd be here and I'd. You know, he'd be here and we'd just, we'd go to work and then I'd come in here and I'd work on some skills and 
nothing too crazy. Just keep just trying to build little building blocks over the summer. Yeah, and then so coming from the, the strength coach's perspective, like, well, if there's some uh, someone whose parents listening right now and they have like a teenager or someone in high school, um, what kind of things would you would you recommend that they do maybe during the off season aside from playing other sports? Yeah, so you know, uh, again, you know, if you're trying to prepare for you know, if you play one or multiple sports, uh, you know, strength strength training is going to have its its uh, you know its impact on on every sport you play. I feel so. You know, when it comes to strength training, uh, again, it comes back to intensity, how hard you're working, consistency, doing that over time. Uh, so you know, this isn't a quick fix. So in the weight room. You have to get on a routine. You don't have to be doing an advanced program in high school. Uh, you have to learn great technique, uh, and you have to buy in, uh, commit to a routine, and do it over time and cause adaptation. Uh, in addition to that, you know, you're, you're, you know, any sport-specific movement skill you're going to use, whether it's speed training and acceleration, uh, change of direction, one thing I think is, is overlooked, especially at the high school level, is deceleration, your ability to stop. Um, all those things can be trained and, and trained pretty effectively at the high school level. Uh, and it's not something that's going to injure or hurt an athlete. It's going to teach those athletes how to control their body, how to be a better athlete, how to move better. Um, so all those things can be trained in the offseason that are going to have a carryover effect to, to most sports that are, that are played at the high school level. Yeah, it's funny how, like, I mean, because I, I got to intern here at Cornell and then I was down at Baylor and get, I mean, get to meet a lot of different coaches and it's like it always comes back down to the basics. Like nothing here that we've talked about, even how you work to get to the point. There's nothing fancy about any of it. Like there's no special program. There's no special diet. It comes down to consistency, hard work, and, and discipline from what it sounds like to me. Um, but we have a couple questions, just, just two questions from people. Uh, I put a post out there. And the first one is, I don't know how to pronounce this name, S-O-V-E-R-E, Sovereign Cesar. Gabe, what is the most important thing to keep in mind or tell yourself when facing a strong and relentless opponent? Um, wow. I, uh, I, think, I think the most important things to keep in mind when you're facing, you're going up against a good, a really tough guy is just to keep it simple. Um, not, to, not to put too many expectations on, on the outcomes of what might happen, but to focus on the details and what you've been training to do. And um, I think, and I'm at fault for this because I've done it in my career. I think when you start to think about the big picture and what, you know, the, the big things you're trying to accomplish and you try to, you know, you try to really, you start really valuing, you know, winning and losing. I think that's actually when you start to really put a lot of stress and pressure on yourself and it's harder. It becomes almost harder to wrestle. You feel like you're wrestling with a weight on your back. And I say it because I've done it. And when you're wrestling at your best, I think you're just pay, you're just taking in the moment of time, you're just taking one thing at a time and you're focusing on detail and you just keep it real simple. Trying to get to a guy's leg, trying to get to a leg attack. You know, I'm trying to score, score, score. And I'm trying to keep the pace high, of course. And um, and that's that's why I think what's the most important just if you're wrestling anybody at any point in time. So it's like almost almost like not getting emotionally attached to the results. Just right. just wrestle. And it's really it's a, that's a very tough thing to do, you know, yeah. to separate emotion and and you know because you as an athlete you always want to win, but you got to separate yourself because everybody wants to win. And the way that I think I was able to separate myself most of the time is I was able to emotionally detach and just stay the course and be very simple-minded i think that has a lot of that that advice has a lot of carryover to life too right like you 
we all, whether it's career goals or whatever it is, like if you're just emotionally attached to like the result all the time, you have exactly like you said, you have that weight on your back. Um, rather than just being like, yeah, there's the grand goal right there. Right. We just chip away a little bit at a time, knowing that you put in the work, then at some point you're going to get it at least somewhere close to there, if not even there or past where you thought you'd be. And that's what you got to love about, you know, and again, I'm biased, but that's what you got to love about wrestling because everything's on you. You know, it's just you and another guy. You're accountable. It, it, it teaches you so many things. Accountability, discipline, you know, you know, and just how to go about, like, like you said, just all those things that are important. How to emotionally detach from something that you want so bad, but you know that if you emotionally get into it, you're going to actually probably hurt yourself more than help yourself towards that goal. And, um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it, and like I said, there's highs and lows in sports, and, you know, I just think it really helps prepare you, like you said, for the next part of your life. Yeah. Um, Jay, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think, you know, get pretty much hit it on the head. And I think, you know, like he said, he's biased to wrestling, but, you know, there are really high highs and really low lows, especially with the work that goes into it. Um, you'd be hard-pressed to find a harder, uh, you know, a- everyone trains hard at the college level. I don't want to downplay anything else, but uh, what these guys go through is pretty extraordinary. Um, so, you know, it- it's not always going to be as gratifying as maybe some other sports would be. And it really does teach you a lot about, you know, the rest of your life, you know, and just just how to overcome adversity and how to become a better person. Is that something that you like? I mean, I know you, Jay, you're, we're definitely all meatheads here. So I know you love the training aspect of it, too. But is that something that kind of gives you f- some fulfillment in what you do aside from teaching people how to lift and, and helping them progress to get stronger and better condition for their sport? Is that something that you feel like really fulfills you seeing guys like Gabe and, and other athletes do that kind of thing? Yeah, it's rewarding. Um, again, I take pride in all the sports I train. Uh, you know, I say, you know, wrestling is unique because I can get a little more creative with our uh, general physical prep circuits and doing sled training and some of the unique stuff and the levels you can push them to. Uh, because, again, if you look at wrestling as opposed to other sports, you know, there's a lot of isometric contraction, which just jacks your heart rate up. Uh, so there are some unique needs there uh, so I can get a little creative with their programming. Um, you know, so that's kind of unique for me as a strength coach. So we got another question um, from It's Instagram. I think that's his name, Graham. How does strength impact wrestling, especially when you have to compete against a very strong opponent? Is it hard to compete against wrestlers who clearly have a strength advantage? Oh, that's a pretty good question. If someone's a lot stronger than you, um, does that I mean, have you encountered that? And how, how would you go about attacking that match? Um, I guess if you wrestle a guy that's stronger than you, you're going to, you know, there's always going to be someone stronger than you. There's always going to be someone faster than you. There's always going to be someone more technical than you. You just so whatever thing they are more than you, you have to beat them in other the other areas. So guys stronger than me, I uh, I have to keep the pace high and I try to and, you know try to wear them down. And it just that's for any match with me really. I I try to wrestle a very high pace because I like to throw in the cardio mix of it. Because, um, I think that's a good true test to what um, really the best guys in the country can go at such a high pace, which is, that's a bit what, what makes wrestling so much fun. Um, and uh, so if a guy's stronger than me, I have to beat him in other areas. So it's, um, I'm not going to try to outstrength him. You know, I'm going to just I have to find other ways to beat him. And it's kind of a fun part of the sport because uh, you, you're always kind of changing your game plan for different, different guys. That's a good answer. Um, all right, so I think we can wrap it up there. Uh, but first, where can if people want to follow you or reach out to you or anything, where, where can they find you and then Jay? Same thing. Um, you like on social media? Yeah. Uh, 
on social media, my Facebook is just Gabe Dean. Uh, my Instagram is at Dave Gene, uh, just to switch the G and the D there. <laughs> and then same for my Twitter at Dave Gene. Okay, and then Jay, if they want to follow Cornell or you or anything like that. Yeah, CornellBigRed.com keeps up with all Cornell, all of our Cornell athletics, uh, sports, and you know, for me, best way if you have questions, uh, my email is on our website on the CornellBigRed.com page, and uh, reach out. Feel free to shoot an email my way. Be glad to uh, answer any questions I get. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to More Than Strength. Be sure to check out morethanstrength.com slash podcast for links and show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review on iTunes and tell a friend. Thanks.